Hello, everybody. Dr. Joe Vitale here with another Hypnotic Gold interview, and I'm very excited because we're going to be talking about your wellness. We're going to be talking about your health. We're going to be talking about how to grow young. This is important for everybody, but you're, in order for you to enjoy your business and be an entrepreneur and make money, you need to be healthy and you need to be here. So we're going to be talking about a doctor's guide to the new anti-aging. And I have on the line Dr. Marcus Gitterly. I want to make sure he's there. Are you there, Mark? I am here. Awesome. Well, let me uh, do a little bio on him. Dr. Marcus Gitterly is the author of Growing Young, A Doctor's Guide to the New Anti-Aging. Long recognized for his innovative wellness strategies, he has served as a consultant to other physicians seeking to provide anti-aging and integrative wellness strategies to their own medical practices, as well as he's been providing state-of-the-art guidance to a select group of anti-aging patients since 1996. In addition, he is the founder of two nutritional product companies, Ideal Nutrition and Frontier Nutritional Research. He's a graduate of University of Texas Medical School at San Antonio, member of the clinical faculty of the University of Texas Health Science Center at San Antonio. For five years, he served as medical director of a high uh, regional emergency department. At present, he serves as medical director for the wound care specialty unit, and he's chairman of the infection control committee um, at one of the top 50 hospitals in the United States. I can go on and on. Dr. Gitterly is board certified in emergency medicine, one of the first physicians in the U.S. to pass a demanding written board examination for the American Board of Anti-Aging Medicine. And on we go. Obviously, I've got an esteemed expert here, and we're going to be talking about anti-aging or youthing and focusing on his book, Growing Young. So, Dr. Gitterly, thanks for taking time to be here. Hey, I'm so happy to be here, and I just I love the subject, and I you know I love uh, communicating about it. Uh, so uh, so just tell me when to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to shut up. I want okay. you to reveal all of your secrets. All I right. want you to tell us how we can grow young. I want okay. to begin by asking you maybe an odd question, but I think it's an important one. How are you feeling? Well, um, I, you know, in general, I'm feeling great. Um, uh-huh. You know, I. Uh, I of course, you know, I'm I, I I put my money where my mouth is, so to speak, and I right. you know, I, I I write uh, and I re, you know I research first and foremost for myself. All of my strategies, I, I try to implement, uh, you know, very uh, assiduously myself. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I don't want to recommend anything to anybody else that I, I don't consider to be. Um, you know, something that, that I would utilize myself. So That's exactly what I do with my own work. I don't recommend anybody. Well, that's why you're even being interviewed for Hypnotic Gold members here, is that I've already sampled. I, I know you. I've read the book. Uh, I actually wrote the intro to the book. And so I sample before I promote anybody, and I know that's what you're doing. I failed to mention that you also have a health information website where you write articles about what you're researching, what you're discovering, and what you're doing. That's, That's right. over at, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's synergymatrix.info. That's right, not .com, uh, but .info, I-N-F-O, Synergy Matrix. And, and we'll talk a little bit about this later, but the, the Synergy Matrix concept um, re- recurs throughout the book Growing Young. And it's just um, a phrase that I thought captured what is really the breakthrough in this? Um, it's the heart of the breakthrough, and it's what makes this really so revolutionary. It's what I think makes anti-aging uh, work. 
Well, I see that because I know in your book you have the synergy matrix as your, I guess I'll call it a formula for us to start growing young, and it's tied into, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I was just browsing through your book again before getting on this interview. You have the nine causes of aging in it, and then the parallel, the nine things, more or less, that we can do to reverse that. That's right. I think the um, if above all, uh, I think what distinguishes this approach to uh, anti-aging is that in the past, um, we kind of tried to, for various reasons, we tried to, to oversimplify aging, and, and oh. simplicity is great. I'm a big advocate of simplicity, but, you know, Einstein famously said, um, you should try to make uh, anything as simple as possible, but no simpler. And no simpler, right, famous <laughs> quote. And we really have tried to do that in anti-aging, partly because of our limited understanding. Of course, you know, we've sort of grown up, you know, as, uh, you know, as, as uh, anti-aging clinicians and scientists over the past, you know, 20 to 30 years mm-hmm. in our understanding. We know a lot more than we, we, we did back in the early 90s when anti-aging really got its name and kind of took off when the clinic started opening. So to an extent, it was oversimplified just because we didn't know so many things about it. And, and what we did know about it got us really enthusiastic. We wanted to really wail on the things that we did know. And, and of course, you know, as everybody re- remembers, um, HGH is sort of at yeah. the heart of that. And um, so, Well, I want to talk about that as well, but sure. let's just kind of back up a little bit yeah. here. You've often said that you've had the privilege of practicing medicine in two worlds and that because of that, you've had breakthroughs in understanding what you're writing about in your book, Growing Young. Can you explain a little bit about that? What is this two worlds that you're referring to? Well, what I mean by that is that I've been privileged to practice not just, um, uh, well, rather than not just, but I've been privileged to practice um, as much in the high acuity hospital based world where everybody's really sick you know people are oh. are coming in you know with extreme illnesses mm-hmm. um and it's sort of a crucible of high tech you know high intervention medicine you know we're doing pretty radical things and often oh. to save somebody's life and the other world that i've lived in which many of those physicians, you know, the ones that are in the hospital-based practices never see. The other side of it is I've been privileged to work with some of the healthiest, you know, uh, most well patients, if you will. And so it's a big dichotomy. And they both obviously uh, have taught me a great deal. And I've gotten tremendous insights from both worlds. You know, I've brought uh, great insights about wellness back to the hospital environment, and I've been able to help patients with, you know, uh, often multiple serious illnesses. Conversely, I've gotten tremendous insights, believe it or not, from treating some of the sort of the sickest of the sick that I've, that I've been able to bring back into the world of, you know, the, 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 the patients that just want to maintain wellness. They're already well. There's nothing wrong with them, really. There's nothing you could diagnose them with. And, and, and some of the insights have to do with... Um, understanding that certain disease processes, like, for instance, diabetes, Mm -hmm. uh, really underlie um, some of the the illnesses that occur later for people that really think they're well. 
but they're not at peak wellness. They're sort mm. of preclinical diabetes. I mean, we're, often, we're very familiar with the term metabolic syndrome now, and I don't even mean that, but I've derived a great deal of insight from studying diabetes um, and its treatment in the hospital setting that I've been able to apply to people that you couldn't even call you know, uh, sufferers of metabolic syndrome. Mm. They actually seem well. And so that's one insight. But I think just the, um, the ability to move in those two worlds and bring them together has, has really, for me, illuminated quite a bit. And I think it's I've brought a lot of that to growing young. That's fascinating because I can see where there would be built-in limitations if somebody's only working with sick people or somebody's only working with well people. And there's a synergy and a discovery that can happen when you're walking both of those worlds, as you put it. Yes, absolutely. So I like hearing that. Well, you also say in the book that anti-aging medicine can only be as effective as the understanding of aging that it's based on. And I found that interesting because you write about that in, the, in your book, Growing Young. What do you mean by that? What is our understanding of aging or what's a better understanding of aging? Well, you know, it kind of gets back to your earlier question for me um, uh, about sort of oversimplifying um, aging. And mm. in in you know, when when there's the expression, you know, if all you have is a hammer, you know, the whole world looks like a nail. And uh, by extension, you know, to carry that metaphor further, you know, just pounding harder uh, doesn't really help if, in <laughs> fact, you're not pounding a nail. And and that's been kind of the problem. You know, we had a couple of tools, mainly hormone replacement, and so we, we pushed really hard on those, uh, you know, sort of hit that nail really hard. And, and because... Uh, you know, that's only a part of the aging process. Um, and because our understanding was limited there, we failed to realize that aging really is a, is a, a whole network of interlinked processes that impact each other. And I call it a negative synergy. And that has been, for me, a key insight. That's what really broke open, you know, the aging code, if you will. And it allowed me to write Growing Young and to connect the dots and to connect a lot of disparate research and create a program that instead of trying to sort of, you know, pound really hard on, on you know, this, this one nail, uh, sees aging as a tapestry. And just by pulling lightly on, you know, a number of threads, we can bring that tapestry back together and achieve something that I talk about in the book, which is cellular anti-aging. Mm. In the old days, we were really trying to, uh, if you will, make the whole organism, you know, we're a collection of cells. We're like a community of cells. And we were trying to get that collection or that organism of cells to behave as though it were younger. But the cells were not becoming younger. They were physiologically old. If you put the cells under a microscope of somebody going to a typical anti-aging clinic, you know, in the past 15 years that was getting the standard therapies, those cells would still look old, even though we were sort of glossing things over, almost like putting um, physiological makeup on, mm. and, you know, very much akin to coloring one's hair. You know, that mm. you could call that anti-aging in, in, in kind of a, a you know, uh, but, uh, but, but I think a, a very poor, you know, Yeah, it's very superficial at that point. It's actually not even, well, I guess it's probably not even healthy, but it's not what you're terming um, a you thing. It's not what we're actually going for. That's right. That's right. Because uh, the the insight that I you know uh, got, uh, if you will, was that by addressing these actual causes of aging at the cellular level, 
and by making subtle, uh, manifestly safe manipulations, if you will, or, or fine-tuning, really, as opposed to manipulation, because we're really putting things back in the order of youth. Um, and by doing that and doing effecting several subtle changes, synergies develop, and what happens is the cells actually become younger. And I talk about this again and again in the book, and, and there are a number of these things that are quite powerful on their own, but especially when combined, and that's where I, why I call it a sort of a matrix. Because yeah, your synergy matrix comes in. Well, before we go into some of these specifics here, let's get people excited. By following some of what you're talking about, or all of the synergy matrix that you talk about in the book, and some of which you'll be able to give us here in this interview, what are some of the results people will get? Are, are, how will growing younger appear to them in how they look and how they feel and their weight? What are some specifics so we can get people excited for everything that you're revealing to us? Well, you know, I'll put it this way. Um, you, you know, we've, we've said a lot of negative things about standard anti-aging, but you and I both know, you know, an, uh, at least several people. I know, you know, lots and lots of people, and they've been my patients, that have gone to these expensive clinics that have done really the old line anti-aging, no, no pun intended, and they get tremendous results. They, you know, they look younger, they feel younger. You've experienced some of this yourself. Yeah, I even turned it into a song. Yeah, and, and, and so, it's you know. It's my testosterone song on my new CD, <laughs> Strut. <laughs> I never expected to talk about it, but here I am turning it into a song and singing it to everybody. And but, so, yes, I, yeah. I've been through it. I know what you're talking about, yes. And so, and so really, um, what I can say about growing young is that by implementing this kind of cellular anti-aging strategy that I outlined like in, in, as in growing young, um, you, you achieve all of those effects, actually, to a to a much more dramatic extent, um, and and about as quickly, um, but unlike the effects of you know a program at one of these really expensive anti aging clinics, um, the effects of of the growing young program or what I call the synergy matrix program deepen for we we really don't know how long. My expectation is that you know the effects will you know be much better after the first year, you know, again accumulate, you know, over the second year, third year, um, really there's no reason to expect that they would stop. And so what happens is you get this sort of multiplying effect. What you actually end up doing is bringing back the effect of things like primordial stem cells, which are a type of cell in the body that we now know is key to maintaining youth. And we use this term youthing. What we're trying to do here is really at the cellular level, really inside us, make us younger again. And we're actually seeing that effect. We're bringing back things like the primordial stem cells in every body system. Um, if you actually could look with a microscope at your cells, your cardiac cells, your, your brain cells, your skin cells, uh, cells in the retina, you know, of the eye, um, in all of these areas on, on this anti-aging program, your cells are for for very specific scientific reasons um, uh, are getting younger, and you could actually you could actually observe that under the microscope. That's what I love about this, 
and uh, uh, it's measurable that way. Measurable, exactly. Yeah, but, and, but the person going through this—I mean, on the cover of your book, it says, "Look younger, feel younger, be younger." Right. Well, if somebody looks in the mirror after doing this for, uh, synergy matrix for six months or a year, what would they see different? They—they will unequivocally look younger. I mean, they will notice. You, you, most people notice within two to three weeks that something uh, is, mm. is happening, something really good. And, uh, and, and it's sort of exponential uh, because, uh, you know, what you're seeing is sort of the first fruits in a month. But because of the way physiology works, uh, larger and larger populations of cells are sort of joining in and, you know, experiencing this, you know, tendency toward, you know, being mm -hmm. younger. And over the months, as larger and larger populations of cells, uh, you know, join in the program, as it were, uh, the effects become even more dramatic. So uh, clearly, you know, in two to three weeks, people, most people have no difficulty thinking, you know, knowing that something uh, really good is going on. And at three months, it's fairly dramatic. At six mm -hmm. months in a year, you know, people have, have gotten back down toward, you know, their college weight. Mm -hmm. um, people, most people lose about eight pounds a week if they're overweight. Um, Eight pounds a week is pretty dramatic. It is pretty dr dramatic. So you could imagine for that reason alone, you know, by the third week, if you're rigorously doing this, which is not hard, um, you, 24 pounds is pretty substantial. And, and oh, just on that yes. basis alone, most people will, will you know, look younger. But uh, Well, that, that's outstanding. So let's get into this a little bit. I know in your Synergy Matrix program, you get uh, breakthroughs in anti-aging, and you compare it to things like HGH, and we've got to at least talk about HGH for a second because anybody who's been looking into anti-aging or youthing or wanting to grow young probably came across HGH, might even be on it, might have been on it at one point. So what is HGH and what's your, uh, your take on it? I think HGH is really key, but I think we've been looking at it from the wrong direction. You know, we've been looking at it as a, as a therapy for aging when the hormonal de decline, you know, that we, we call this HGH deficiency is in many ways as much a symptom of aging as it is a cause. And I, I really try to clarify that in the book. And I think, um, I've, you know, I, I know a number of people that have read the book have had, you know, the light go on for themselves and, 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 and understand this better. Um, you know, it's almost uh, as much a symptom of, of aging as gray hair. You know the, the the reduction in the amount of HGH secreted, and certainly we've had good results with many patients by supplementing it. But what I present in the book is some some really wonderful data that shows that a much better strategy for dealing with any hormone deficiency, if if possible, is to do what we call going upstream. Um, HGH secretion happens in the pituitary which is, you know, as most folks know, is a, is a small gland located at the base of the brain. Um, and, um, and it is controlled by something called the hypothalamus, which is really an extension of brain tissue, you know, right above and connected to the pituitary. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And uh, the hypothalamus is, is, you know, further up the stream controlled by the brain. Well, what is HGH itself means uh, human growth hormone, doesn't it? Exactly. It means human growth hormone. There's a better term that I, I, I present in the book, which is somatropin. 
Um, when we first discovered uh, HGH, we discovered it in the context of, of childhood because the early assays for hormones like that that are secreted in such tiny amounts couldn't really pick it up in adults. So we found it first in, in babies and children, and so we assumed that it had to do with growth, that it was a hormone that you know, was purely uh, associated with making us grow. So it got misnamed. But we found out later that it's key throughout life, and really it seems to be a universal signal in our bodies. I like to say this. It's, you could think of it as uh, by comparing yourself to a ship. You know, if you send a ship to sea, like a human body, uh, it's going to be subject to lots of uh, mm. stresses, you know, the storms at sea, yes. you know, the salt air, salt water. It's going to require maintenance. And uh, anybody, you know, that invests in a ship knows that if they don't invest in an equal amount of, you know, maintenance throughout the life of that ship, that that ship's, you know, not going to be seaworthy after very long. Mm. And the same is true of our bodies. Every cell, every tissue requires constant maintenance. And um, HGH or somatropin seems to be key in sending the signal to the body that we want that maintenance to go on. Mm. When HGH dips too low, uh, it's akin to the brain, the brainstem, and the pituitary saying, "Hey, you know, we're through with this ship. We're just going to mothball it. You know, no need to do any repair." Um, it's a little bit more complicated than that, but I think that is actually a very fair representation of much of what um, HGH or somatropin does in adults. It's really a signal to make the proteins needed for spare parts and repair in our cells. Okay, but in traditional medicine here, or the traditional anti-aging that's out there, HGH is a prescribed supplement, uh, a hormone replacement that most people would have to inject. That's and correct. The, the, correct? I mean, uh, yes, that's okay. right. That's and right. the good news, I mean, the, the fantastic news, is that you're saying you may not have to do it that way, that in your Synergy Matrix program, you've got these breakthroughs where you can stimulate your own HGH creation. Right, that's right. In fact, there are lots of reasons. Uh, we, I don't just advocate this because it's possible. You know, in other words, that it's another way to do it or that it's cheaper. Um, I, I think the evidence shows that it's better because here's what a lot of um, the folks that, you know, have been marketing HGH, and I mean, you know, by injection, um, have, have not really been you know, uh, getting across because it's not in their best interest. They really, HGH is one of the most profitable substances in the whole anti-aging marketing arena. And we could, you know, in the book, as you know, I write quite a bit about that, not in a disparaging way, but I talk about how much of what we know or we think we know is anti-aging is really about marketing. And I wanted to get away from that. I want to get, about, get back to, you know, what's actually going to make us younger and do it with the utmost safety. So, so getting back to this, um, what we're often not told about HGH or somatropin is that uh, our, our bodies are accustomed to getting it in a way that it's impossible to replicate with an injection. Mm. When we inject HGH, we give it, get it as one big slug. In fact, our pituitaries release it at very specific times of day and in tiny little pulses, staccato little machine gun-like pulses. And 
we now know that that's key. It's not doing it that way um, arbitrarily. It's doing it that way because we seem to be able to utilize it and we respond to it very differently when it's done that way. So by taking it as a shot, um, we're getting it generally at the wrong time of day and we're getting it in, like I said, a big slug, which when our bodies really want to you know, get little pulses of it. The other thing that happens is Inevitably, if we start taking a hormone, the gland that makes it says, hey, thanks a lot. I, I'm just going to go on vacation now. And um, mm. although really there isn't sort of a pituitary shutdown or anything like that, you know, we'll still make some HGH. Inevitably, taking it, let's say we're spending, you know, $500 or you, you know people that have spent over $1,000 a month on it. I know people that have spent more than $1,500 a month on it. At, especially at those doses, you're squandering your money because you're losing the uh, allotment that your pituitary would be making for free, which could be several hundred dollars worth. So you're really, you know, flushing money down the toilet, which, you know, it's, 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 it's tragic. But, but the most important reason that I think um, HGH supplementation is not a good idea is that I think we need to listen to the wisdom of, of the body when we look at hormone replacement. And if we can go upstream and get our native glands, our own glands, to do the job again uh, and to do it better, that it's always a much better strategy. It's safer, and I think the effects uh, speak for themselves. Yeah, I love that, and, I lo and that's one of the reasons I love what you're doing, your whole mission, your book, your website. And I know your book could be called, and, and you thought about calling it this at one point, Cheap Anti-Aging Secrets or Affordable Anti-Aging Secrets, because you're coming from the whole point of using uh, cost-effective, safe means to get your HGH or anything else that you need to handle those nine causes, whatever it was, for aging here. So that's one of the reasons I'm so excited here. And I know one of the things you talk about is that people take a lot of junk supplements. And some might be worthwhile, some might be totally worthless. What's your take on that? Absolutely. And in that context, I think we should um, just say one more thing about the sure. HGH question. You know, we, I... I I didn't address the issue of the other, the HGH sprays and that sort of thing, um, the oral secreta, you know, the, the, the secretagogue sprays. I've um, heard of them. I haven't seen any of those yet. Anything that purports to give you HGH um, specifically, you know, the actual hormone or somatropin from a spray is, is really um, just a, a, a crass marketing, you know, maneuver. Mm. And, and I have to say that, unfortunately, and, I, and I don't, I'm not impugning people selling HGH sprays, and I know lots of people have, have sold them, you know, bought them from multi-level marketing mm. you know, organizations, some of them probably reputable. They're, they're sold in the, just in the millions of dollars a month, but we digest, it's a peptide hormone, it's a string of amino acids, and what does, does our saliva start doing as soon as we mm. you know, put something in our mouth? We, we have... We have um, enzymes in our saliva. And then oh, it's it breaking it down, isn't it? breaks it down, and even stronger enzymes in the stomach. The only safe way to get that whole molecule, and it has to be whole to really have you know, the, the right effects, the only way to get it into our body's whole would be by injection. So, again, there's just no other good way. That's, that's what I'd call you know, a junk supplement. And people spend lots of money on them, and I think it's, it's tragic because they could uh -huh. be allocating that money to other really good supplements. 
Um, there are lots of other categories of supplements, and I don't want to I don't want to uh, you know say say too much about this and bore everybody. But we all of us, I think, on this call have a basket of uh, this uh, a basket of supplements. Right. And um, I know I do. Yeah, and um, you know we shouldn't be embarrassed about that. But but um, one of the the fun experiences I've had, and sometimes dismaying, is uh, to sit down with folks and go through that basket with them. And uh, and I'm often you know saddened um, because we'll I'll find a redundancy you know several things you know doing the same thing uh, I find lots of bottles with you know purported effects but I look at the amounts and you know somebody's paying thirty dollars a bottle for something that's got tiny amounts that are way below the amount actually needed of those substances um, lots of people are taking. Uh, a number of what they call antioxidants, and you know, I go into great detail about why that that just doesn't work in the book, um, and why that's just often a, a pure waste of money. Not that I don't believe in antioxidants, but right, you, right. I really take great pains to carefully explain that in the book, and I think most people find that that they finally get what the whole concept of antioxidants all about, and why why it's important, and why you can't just take a bunch of antioxidants to get that effect. And, and the thing that bothers me above all is that, and I write about this in the book at length, is that there are great supplements. There are amazing supplements that virtually nobody has heard of. Oh. And they've been incredibly well validated, um, you know, great clinical studies. They have real effects in humans that are really quite amazing. And I point out that some of them, if they could be patented by drug companies, would cost hundreds yeah. of dollars a month. Yeah. Well, we need to talk about a couple of those because... I, I want people to walk away with some things they can do. I, I want them to be aware of what we're talking about here and be aware of some choices and be aware of how the marketing is overselling a lot of things. But, for example, when I was going through your book earlier, just refreshing my mind on it, there was one supplement in particular that is so easy to take, and yet it, it does everything from um, selectively killing cancer cells, and that's curcumin. Right, that's right. And that's uh, key number eight in your book. It's, you talk about it for taming inflammation, but that's one that's readily available, and most people don't even know about that. That's right, that's right. Um, this is really one of the most extraordinary and, um, and, and helpful supplements um, across the board that I've ever seen. And, um, the, you know, I talk about in the book how, um, you know, I get, I read, just you know, dozens of, of papers, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, really a week may, often, and um, and generally they have very tepid uh, titles, you know, and the researchers, you know, oh uh, yeah, uh, I mean they're not exciting, you know, the, the right. titles of these papers, but curcumin is a substance that is is just so exciting that um, that even these normally, you know, just stayed uh, researchers uh, just can't help but getting worked up about it. And uh, one of the papers was uh, recently called uh, How Many Ways, uh, Curcumin in Cancer Cells, How Many Ways Can Curry Kill Tumor Cells Selectively? <laughs> right. And, uh, That's and strong. The answer was 32 in the paper. And mm. uh, it really is that extraordinary. At, at low concentrations, you know, for a supplement to work, um, it has to do something useful. And it also has to be absorbed in, in meaningful amounts. You know, it has to be something that you're not going to chew up in your stomach or your digestive tract and mm-hmm. so that none of it ever gets, you know, where you want it. And curcumin, um, 
although it's not well absorbed, oddly enough, enough of it gets in. And, uh, and this is, I think, one of the reasons that it was um, un underappreciated for, for a number of years. Uh, this is a really exciting supplement that um, got noticed because of the epidemiology of cancer in the areas where people eat curry. Uh, scientists noticed that uh, that in areas where curry was consumed in large amounts, there there were there was a lot less of certain kinds of cancer. And so they looked at it and they thought, oh no, this really can't be anything because you know you don't absorb that much of it. Oh. Well, later on they began to look more carefully, and. This falls in the category of some other supplements, as you know, that I talk about in the book, that flip switches in our cells. Yeah. Our cells are like Swiss Army knives. And uh, sort of like most people that own a Swiss Army knife, you know, you, you don't even open most of those little blades and tools. You know, you mm -hmm. kind of forget that they're there. You know, you might use the knife and the screwdriver, but there might be 30 other things in there you never open up. Well, our cells are much like that, and curcumin falls into the category of a, a supplement or a substance that safely and reliably flips many of these switches that are incredibly important. In the case of curcumin, they have to do with inflammation, which is, you know, getting a lot of press these days. I mean, yes. not a week goes by that we, we don't hear something about inflammation in medical news. And one of the key ways that inflammation uh, impacts aging is, as we all know, cancer risk just skyrockets as you get older. Mm -hmm. And much of this has to do with inflammation. Well, curcumin goes in, and it knows exactly where the switches are, and it flips them off like light switches. This is amazing. That's one of the things in your book you talk about. Uh, the, you just mentioned it, too, that the cells have switches, and that in a... I guess in a very real way, you can turn off the aging process with one of these switches or more switches. Is this really possible? It it, it really seems to be the case. Um, based on, you know, great research in humans, um, what we're finding is that kind of like that Swiss army knife analogy, we are we have built-in systems for making ourselves more hardy and age slower. And it sure sounds crazy when you first hear it, but by golly, this this area of research has just um, uh, uh, you know blown wide open lately because we're finding exactly this phenomenon. Um, and I write about something else uh, in the book um, that uh, that is germane to this. What we found is that there are switches uh, called uh, FOXO or FOXO, and there's another one called uh, SIRT1, and uh, these have very long names. You know, you wouldn't even want me to to to. Uh, to, to <laughs> Thanks for being kind to us. It's hard to keep up, but exactly. keep going. Exactly. So, so FOXO and uh, and SIRT1 um, are basically what we call epigenetic. Uh, anti-aging switches and what they do is when they're flipped they literally turn off many aspects of cellular aging it's hmm. it seems like a sci-fi movie but in fact certain substances uh, can go into a cell and you know I write about how to activate this in the book uh, but they go into the cell and they they safely and reliably again find these switches and flip them in the right direction and the reason for these systems seems to be 
because humans, you know, throughout the history, of, you know, of our race, as it were, have been occasionally subjected to great hardships. You know, we've had famines, you know, and, and mm. you know, uh, earth changes, you know, mm-hmm. climate changes, you know, and you could think of the caveman out there and, you know, sort of the weather turns bad or an ice age and food sources decline and hardships abound. Well, those people need to survive to perpetuate the race, and these switches are flipped on. What we found is that they seemed to be uh, activated uh, most reliably by starvation. And and there are many people right now that are trying to do anti-aging by basically eating a starvation diet, literally. And I know you're not an advocate of that, um, and I want you to explain that in a second, because we, we need to know how to activate our switches here, because you brought this up, and this is too important to let go without saying how to do it. But you also brought up the diet, and I know you have a no-calorie counting kind of a diet uh, that's backed by great science and, and feels great. People can be full, they can do whatever they, they need to do within parameters. So can you talk a little bit about activating the cellular switches but not starving to do so. Right, that's right. Um, we uh, we knew from the early 1990s that that by eating a, a diet in the range of 800 calories a day, which is just you know a, a, a paltry amount of calories, mm-hmm. and, uh, that we really could add about uh, uh, 10 to 25 percent uh, to our lifespan, and to, mm. we could prevent many chronic diseases. But it sure sounded depressing, and so <laughs> it was with incredible excitement uh, in the early years of uh, the, the, uh, the, the, this century that we discovered a substance that uh, had been identified in red wine mm. that would flip that exact same switch, that Sir T1 switch, and shut off... Uh, many aspects of cellular aging without starvation. It mm. does exactly the same thing as eating that you know, ultra-low calorie diet, but it's as simple as taking a capsule. Um, you and what is that capsule? The capsule is resveratrol, and resveratrol is this substance that was originally found in red wine. And in order to get the anti-aging effect, you really have to, to take too much of it to, to get it from red wine. You'd have to drink you know, gallons and gallons of red wine, and you'd of course, die for per day. Huh? <laughs> per day. <laughs> so, we so you're healthy, but you get nothing done. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so fortunately, there's a better way to to do that without you know star- starving or being drunk all the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, so that's another one of the keys, and uh, and by again by combining it with the the other keys, there are tremendous synergies, um, and. I know this is a two-part question. The other thing about diet that has been very intriguing, and I write about in the book that uh, one of the most famous um, aging researchers, Cynthia Kenyon, um, whom I expect to get the Nobel Prize uh, in medicine for, for this discovery, wow. she's discovered that, um, that uh, by controlling diet and controlling through diet the amount of insulin we secrete by lowering it with our diet, we can slow, slow the aging process. So she has radically changed her own diet. And I write about the diet. It's, in fact, uh, it's very much the diet that I'm recommending in the book because it turns out that diet alone, even if you, if you were just to pick one thing in this book 
if you implement the diet, you will lose weight, you will get to your ideal body weight. And I don't mean, oh, yeah, that 15 pounds you, you really think you can lose, but uh, I mean, you know, the, the 40 pounds that you might need to lose to get to your ideal body weight, you know, to have a BMI, say, you know, around, you know, 20 to 22. Uh, you really will do that without trying on this diet. And what you'll what more importantly will happen is that it will slow cellular aging because like these other interventions, um, although they're fairly subtle and they're easy to do, by making these small changes, in this case, by lowering the amount of insulin that your pancreas has to make, it really slows the aging process. Well, since you brought up the diet, we can't leave without talking a little bit about what it is. Can you give us an overview of it or the essence of it so people have another takeaway point what, what is the essence of the diet you're talking about the essence of the diet is again it's it's trying to control uh, insulin release and the way we do that is by creating a very low glycemic diet hmm. we and and we so and I want to say from the outset that um, although some aspects of this diet, you know, might make you think, gosh, how can I do that? There is a cheat day, so so bear that in mind. If there okay. are certain foods you think I couldn't give them up, well, I don't ask you to give up anything um, that you're not allergic to, obviously. But mm -hmm. So this diet doesn't require you to ultimately give up any food. If there's a food, a favorite cheat food you have, well, there's one day of the week that you can eat as much of it as you want. The other six days, you don't count calories. Not well, there's good news right there. You don't count calories. Don't count calories. Counting calories is hard. You know, it's time-consuming, and it, it really is unnecessary because the problem for most of us is not that we are eating uh, too many calories. It's that we're eating the wrong calories. Mm. And um, in, in this case, we're eating grains and added sugars and, uh, and starches that are uh, highly absorbed. So we eliminate those. We don't eat any six days a week. No bread, no pasta, no, no rice, rice, no wheat, no oats, wheat. barley. You, and you've heard this called the no-grain, you know, no-cane uh, Yes, no-grain, no-cane diet. You've, you've referred to that to me, yes. And, I, and, and so you know, there's nothing particularly new about that, but I do go into more detail, and it, it's not just – you know that's simple. You know I advocate in the book a local, a locally grown, very fresh diet um, with lots of local produce. I think that's very important. I think we're not getting enough micronutrients, and to some extent, our overeating is due to the fact that our foods are so impoverished. They're so low in micronutrients. You know, we're getting these 3,000-mile cucumbers grown yeah. by who knows whom. You know, and who knows what kind of soil that's probably depleted. You know. Um, and so I really advocate getting back to a very fresh, very local diet. And the other thing that surprises some people is I don't advocate a vegetarian diet. I advocate grass-fed meat that's uh, sustainably and humanely raised. I think that's key. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, but you yeah, grass-fed beef, pork, bison. Uh, you say look for locally raised natural meats. Uh, interesting, grass-fed beef is, is best, but not grass Finished. What's the phrase grass finished mean? Sometimes um, you'll find uh, beef advertised as grass finished, and what they mean is that 
the bulk of the the the, the meat is mostly raised on on grain. Um, uh, but at the very end, you know, for I a couple see. of weeks, the, the the cow will eat grass. That is healthier, and if that's the best you can do, that's better than just the standard beef that you find in the supermarket. But the reason this is key, and what makes this diet a little bit different, is one of the other things this diet is doing is limiting your omega-6 fatty acid consumption. Mm. Omega-6 fatty acids are pro-aging because they they encourage inflammation. And one of the things, obviously, we're doing in the in the Synergy Matrix um, system is we're trying to limit inflammation. The curcumin is going to help, but we really want to do everything else we can do to not start the fires of inflammation in the first place. And it turns out that's key. And if you eat grass-fed meat, you because we're not feeding the cow abnormal amounts of omega-6 fatty acids, as are found in grain, mm. the cow is going to have less omega-6 fatty acids. It actually is going to be a good source of omega-3 fatty acids, which obviously we're trying to get more of. So you're saying no grain and no cane for those six days. We want to get healthy proteins from things like grass-fed beef, pork, bison, uh, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, uh, sardines and olive oil you mentioned as being good, free-range chicken and turkey, the vegetables, all the greens, the lettuce, spinach, kale, celery, basil, tomatoes, peppers, broccoli, cauliflower. I'm just reading some of the things from the book so people listening have an idea of where you're coming from. You also have a list of healthy sources of fats, right. uh, like nuts, nut butter, seeds. And, uh, and fat is key. And we've mm. been starving ourselves for healthy fats, which is mm. really tragic. You know, we've had this cult of low fat for no good reason. The whole low-fat thing got started in the in the 70s, and uh, if you uh, there's a really interesting story behind this. When McGovern lost the presidential bid, um, they you know the the folks in the Senate wanted to give him something to do, so they put him in charge of the panel to try to determine why Americans were getting so much heart disease and oh. to create a campaign against it. And so they you know sort of put together a, a group of scientists very quickly, this ad hoc, you know, one of the infamous ad hoc panels, uh-huh. and very quickly polled them, you know, to see who had ideas. Hey, what you, what you got for me? You know, and, and so the first idea that somebody floated was, well, I think it's fat. And uh, several other scientists immediately, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh-huh. said, no, no, no. You know, actually the, the, the latest evidence, you know, is not impugning fat in general, even saturated fat. But it was sort of the first idea out of the starting gate, and even though there was no good science behind it, it got adopted, you know, like nobody's business. And before long, there were, you know, uh, low-fat diet campaigns, billboards, commercials. And by the early 90s, as we all know, you you practically couldn't sell an item in a store unless it said low-fat somewhere. Low-fat on it, right. But during that same time span, what has happened to the to the weight of Americans? It's just gone off the charts. So when we're historically eating, you know, more low-fat foods than ever, we are heavier than ever. And the real problem all along has been the grains and the added sugar, the high-fructose corn syrup, you know, that sort of thing. Amazing, amazing. Um, We could be – there's so many things in here to be talking about. And I'm aware we're going to be running out of time, so I want to make sure I get to ask a couple more questions here and give out your websites again. Uh, one, I wanted to make sure we touched on exercise. 
because you've got a different way of talking about it and is advising people to do it. Can you tell us what that is real quick? Well, I try to break down in exercise into some, some common uh, patterns or types. And what I do in the book is I, I create three uh, prototypical characters um, that have different exercises. Yeah. <laughs> Yoga Sue, I think, and somebody else. Beach Boy Bob. And, right. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah, and uh, then, you know, another character that, that has a... Cardio Jane. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Cardio Jane. Um, and the reason I do this is because um, we do, you know, I think it's interesting that um, there are many, many people, perhaps more than ever, that are doing a lot of exercise and spending a lot of money on exercise. And so I kind of break down the uh, the little-known effects of these different types of exercise, and I ask the question, are we getting out of them what are, you know, are they meeting our exercise goals? And so I look at some common exercise goals, and one of the things that I point out is that um, although a lot of us are spending more time than ever in the gym, we're often finding that we're not really getting the results that we want to get. And so what I do is I point out the results that can be obtained from different things like so-called cardio exercise, which often is nowhere near as beneficial as, as we're, we're um, led to believe that it is. Hmm. Things like resistance training, which is probably underutilized. Um, I also talk about the time spent and the way that you can tweak exercise and dramatically multiply the effects or the, the effects gained uh, for the time spent. For instance, I show some workouts that have recently been scientifically validated to be much better for cardiovascular health than what we call cardio exercise, and they take very uh, minimal amounts of time, uh, like. To give you an example, I show an exercise program in the book that you can do in 12 minutes, and it will give you better results for your weight and your cardiovascular fitness than two hours of doing a Stairmaster or a treadmill. Well, we like hearing that. And how often do you have to do the 12-minute one? Once or twice a week at the most. <laughs> you got to tell us exactly what that is. I, can't well, leave us hanging. Well, you know, it, what, it, what it's called is high-intensity uh, high interval training, or HIIT, and it really works. It works so well that many, um, many uh, 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 Olympic coaches are putting their athletes on HIIT programs instead of conventional cardio programs. Hmm. One of the problems with cardio programs is that they really just don't deliver the benefits that we're generally using them for. Many people want to lose weight doing what they call cardio exercise, and it is not a good way to lose weight at all. Interesting. And it subjects you to lots of risk of overuse injuries because many people are doing it for hours a week. I mean, I know people doing it like six hours a week, which just seems, you know, mm -hmm. uh, what, what a burden. When they could get the same effects from, say, uh, you know, two 12-minute uh, or 15-minute uh, HIIT uh, uh uh, trainings. So I'm really excited about that. It lowers your risk of injuries. It's fun. It's fast. It, you know, it fits our lifestyle, and it's just better. This is a really cool thing about it. With HIIT, unlike cardio, the weight loss benefits continue for 24 hours or more after the the training. So you do this 12 minutes of training and you get the benefits for at least 24 hours of, of increased metabolism. With cardio, the benefits don't even start for 30 minutes, and they wow. stop as soon as you get off the treadmill. What does a 12-minute routine look like? They may all be different, but can you just give us a, 
a sense or a picture, something we can visualize so we know what you're talking about? Well, it's it's pretty easy. You you would sprint, you know, mm-hmm. just you'd run as fast as you can for 30 seconds in a running program. Mm-hmm. If you're on a uh, you're using a stationary bike or a, uh, a, a an actual bicycle, you would bike as fast as you can, as hard as you can. Uh, or say, you know, do a do a hill climb for 30 seconds, and then in either case, running or biking, uh, you would then do three minutes of a, a walking pace, you know, oh. just sort of a brisk walk. Uh-huh. And it actually feels good because, you know, when you do an all-out sprint for 30 seconds, you know, you, you, you don't want to just stop. You know, you sort of want to cool yeah, down. Yeah, keep moving, breathing, yeah. You keep moving, breathing, and then after the three minutes, you do another 30-second sprint, then you do another cool-down phase, oh. and just three cycles like that is yeah. enough to give you more benefits than two hours of doing what we now call cardio, where you have to target, you know, mm-hmm. your, you know, get, get your target heart rate, you know, and sustain it, and uh, you know, all those hassles. Uh, I love it. That that's a great description. Well, I, wanted, I mentioned earlier about the nine causes of aging, and I know we're not going to have time to explain them, but I at least want to list them, sure. uh, and I'll send people to your website and to the book. Um, the nine causes of aging, and I have it in front of me, and I might mispronounce a couple things. You can help me. One is cellular debris. Mm-hmm. Another one is, this is where I might mispronounce it, the telomere shortening. Telomere shortening, that's it's right. Telomere shortening. Mm-hmm. Uh, insulin resistance genetic switches, uh, the ages, which I guess you'll have to explain that one. We'll come back to that in a second. Sure, sure. Hormonal decline, inflammation, oxidative damage, and cellular energy crisis. That's right. Those are, those are um, I think, uh, uh, a good representation of the, the nine major processes of aging. And, uh, oh. and I, I, I think you'll agree, I explain them in a way that, Really, yes. any layperson would enjoy, you know, learning right. about them. I don't go into so much detail that sort of people glaze over, but you really come to understand, um, you know, each of these as separate processes. And then I transition to telling you specific things. I, I give you a specific for each one of those. For each one of them. Yeah. Well, before we run out of time, can you give us one or two of those processes, or? Supplements. I mean, you've given us a lot and a lot to think about. And we did talk about curcumin, and you did talk about the diet, and you did talk about the uh, the exercise. Right. Um, do you have something you would like to share? Uh, sure. I, you know, I would say, um, let's see. What, um, uh, you know, we talked about the diet, I think, in pretty good detail. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, but you know, I, I think I should give some maybe some more specific detail about the. Uh, 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 the, no, no, let's 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 do another one. We, yeah, I've talked about the curcumin. I talked about the resveratrol. Sure. Um, something else I'm very excited about that I talk about in the book is what I call cellular energy boost, and, and basically yeah. it's the answer to, uh, as you just mentioned, uh, what I call the cellular energy crisis. We've known for a long time that as we age, our cells don't manage or produce energy as well. Um, and that's because the little energy organelles in our cells, the mitochondria, decline with age. They decline in efficiency, and there are less of them. And it turns out this is really key. So a lot of our cells are simply uh, having an energy crisis, and they do what a country would do, you know, in an energy crisis. They, they stop 
picking up the garbage, you know, uh, you know, there's less police patrols, you know, sort of everything gets scaled back because, you know, there's no gas to put in the, in the vehicles, you know, UPS delivers every other day, you know, that sort of thing. Well, that's going on in our cells and in our cells, unfortunately, you know, um, uh, it's harder to recover from that kind of, uh, you know, reduced maintenance than, than, uh, than it is as a country. So, um, so we really need an answer for this, and up to now we really haven't had a good one. But I write about a supplement that I just love in the book. It's called PQQ. It's something you probably haven't heard of, peroxyquinolone quinone. And uh, it's one of these great substances that was discovered long before we could really understand w how important its role was, and for that reason it, it couldn't ever be patented. By the time we realized how great this was, um, you know, it had been long enough that, you know, it had been in the public domain, and so no drug company was going to make, you know, a trillion dollars on this. But, uh, but like I, you know, I've, I've alluded to before, if, if this could be patented, it would be sold for several, several hundred dollars a month because what it does is really extraordinary. You can feel the effects of this in two days. It'll double the number of mitochondria uh, and improve mitochondrial function just by orders of magnitude. In some cases, it's been shown to overall, between those two effects, upgrade our mitochondrial ability by 2,000 to 3,000 times. Wow. So, I mean, you know, just really phenomenal effects. Um, so this is brain function you're referring to. Exactly. Well, not just brain function. Mitochondria are found in every cell ah. in our body. So this is key to cardiac function, you know, lung function, eye function. They all need energy. They all need to do, you know, cellular garbage cleanup. They all need mm -hmm. to make new proteins. All now, what's your recommendation energy. for this PQQ? It's PQQ, and, I, and if you go to my SynergyMatrix.info website, you can go to uh, my, uh, uh, you know, I've got a list of supplements uh, linked oh, to Amazon. This is just insanely cheap. It's like $15 <laughs> a month. And wow. one thing that I love about this is in studies of normal people and in studies of people that have failing memory, memory improves dramatically. And this is something you'll notice right away. You start taking PQQ and you will be amazed. Um, just your overall mental ability, mental acuity, memory ability will just be sharper with absolutely no, it's not stimulating at all. You just will feel like, wow, the lights are, you know, Came They're on. all on, huh? Exactly. That is fantastic. Oh, boy. I've been talking to Dr. Marcus Gitterly. He's the author of the book Growing Young, and you can get the book in a wide variety of ways. It's uh, printed as a paperback. You can get it at Amazon. That's what I'm holding in my hands is the printed copy. There's also the e-book, which you can get instantly by going to growingyoungbook.com, www.growingyoungbook.com. And as Dr. Gidley just mentioned, he's got a website with lots of information and with an updated list of supplements he recommends. That's at synergymatrix.info. So that's www.synergymatrix.info. And, Mark, I can't thank you enough. I know you're really busy. You're, you're even at work right now, as I understand it. So thank you for making all this time. I want to ask you one more question, and I'm going to – this is coming out of the sky. <laughs> Anytime. Go, you, go uh, here on. it is. Here's the question. You've got this great book, Growing Young. You've got all this stuff in it, and you've got an audio version of it coming out, as I understand it. That's right. Um, what is a secret that is not in the book that either you kept to yourself 
or is going to be in your next book? Well, you know, that's a great question. Um, you know, I keep uncovering new secrets all the time, and although, you know, I still think that these nine can stand alone, um, my new book, um, I, I guess the, the biggest secret I'll reveal is that um, in the new book, I talk about all of the hidden things that conspire in our environment, in, in, in the food we eat, the, the snack foods, the beverages, myriad things we put in our bodies and get exposed to that affect our aging process and sort of cause, you know, chronic degradation or um, uh, worsen aging. So I guess the secret I, you know, maybe I have to keep a little bit to myself, but what I've uncovered <laughs> is that there are dozens of these things that we can very easily eliminate, um, and I'm really excited about it. So my next book is really about the toxins that age us, and the superfoods that actually reverse the aging process. And I show in this book how you can actually grow your own brain superfood. I, I, this is really amazing. This is a substance that's been wow. written about abundantly in the medical literature. Um, and I show you how you can easily grow it at home and uh, save just tons of money doing it and have a, have a lot of fun as well. And what is the book called? Well, it's or do going, you know yet, or when it'll be out? You know, I, I can guarantee that you'll be among the first <laughs> to know. <laughs> and and it'll can, be on your website. You'll mention it at the yeah. SynergyMatrix.info site, no I doubt. I will. I will. Okay. Uh, thank you. Any final words, anything you want to, people to take away or think about to do immediately besides go to growingyoungbook.com and get your book? I, I would just say that uh, just uh, – uh, I'm so excited about this as a physician, and uh, most of all, I'm excited because um, I, I love the fact that there are so many uh, really simple, safe, inexpensive things that we can do to radically alter our health span for, for the better. And I like the term health span because that's the years of healthy, abundant life we have. And um, and I would just say be encouraged and, and start working on this, uh, start moving in this direction. And I think oh. within a few months you can be on your own really effective anti-aging program, and the benefits will be just amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. Everybody, this is Dr. Joe Vitale with another Hypnotic Gold interview. I've been talking to Marcus Gitterly, Dr. Mark Gitterly. He's the author of Growing Young. You can get it at Amazon. It's going to be out in audio. Go to growingyoungbook.com to get it right now. Go to synergymatrix.info to get a lot of information, be kept up to date with what he's talking about, and uh, see his list of updated supplements. Till then, stay in good health, and I will see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 